Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. Hello, Bold Goal Crushers. I am so excited to kick off our book series today. This is the first time we will be discussing a book. And my guest today is Jacqueline Gallo, the CEO of Clarity and Action Consulting, a women's empowerment company on a mission to help women create the lives they love. She is also a life coach, a two-time best-selling author. We're going to jump into that. A TEDx speaker and host of the popular Spark Your Light podcast. At the age of 21, she started her own business from her dorm room at Georgetown University, and she's been featured by Forbes, Elite Daily, Bustle and Washington, Business Journal, and Good Morning Washington. So today we will be discussing the book, The Third Door by Alex Benayan. And this is your fair warning that we might share some spoilers as we jump into the book. I am super excited to have you on the podcast. Welcome. I'm so excited to be discussing this book with you. Yeah, thanks for having me here. I was so excited to come on and chat with you. And I love this book. So I feel like it's such an amazing topic. Yeah, I love it. Before we jump into the book, you're a two times bestselling author. What books have you authored? Yeah. So my first book is called The Cuss Method, and it is all about my struggle with binge eating that I experienced in college. I interviewed dietitians and psychologists and just shared my story of overcoming that eating disorder. And my second book is called Stop Getting in Your Own Way. And I wrote all about how I got out of my own way and stopped self-sabotaging so that I could finally achieve my entrepreneurial goals. So I really wrote it for women who are pursuing entrepreneurship or kind of paving their own path about the limiting beliefs that really held me back the most. And I'm working on my third book right now, actually, which is all about finding joy in the journey. So I love writing. I love books. I love all the things. Oh, I love it. So you are truly a bold goal crusher and we talk all things goals and crushing them and not getting in your way. So I think it's going to be a great discussion today. For those of you watching, this is the book we are discussing, The Third Door. And I, like you, really enjoyed the book. I always love a good book, but I love a good backstory because I think so many times in life, you see the highlight reel, but you never really get to see the backstory. And for this, in this book, he truly does share the backstory of his journey and his struggles. So I I just want to kick it off with what are your thoughts and impressions of the book overall when you first jumped in? Yeah. So I, this book was a blessing to me. It was gifted to me. I went to this entrepreneurship event. And it was actually in the gift bag. This was back in, I think 2018, maybe 2019. I'm not sure the year the book came out, but it was quite a while ago. And at this time I was at like a rock bottom moment. I had pursued two business ideas that had failed. I thought maybe I should just give up and reading Alex's journey of 
failing so many times and realizing that the answers were in no one else, but himself, like that's my favorite part, even though the interviews are awesome. And there are so many great tidbits. The third door came from himself and his journey. And it made me realize that my journey was unfolding right in front of me. And I just had to keep going and my answers would come too. So I think it's just such a beautiful story where anyone reading, no matter what challenges they're going through, can really see themselves in Alex's story. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think one of the things that really stood out to me when reading this book is that you know, you think people have it so easy or they just got lucky or they came from a family that had all these things or they had access to people. And when in reality, everybody has a different journey and everybody kind of goes through the same things in life, just how they respond to it may be very different. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think that creating success and paving your own path is really difficult, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from. And I think that to see a story like Alex's, is just a reminder that we all are kind of going through that and nothing's wrong with you. If you are failing or you are trying to go in the front door and it's not working and you're trying to go in the back door and it's not working, like just keep going. I think that's really such a beautiful reminder from this book and, and really mm-hmm. in anyone's pursuit of success. Yeah. I love it. And I know many of our listeners may have already read the book or some of our listeners haven't picked up the book yet. So spoiler alert, we will jump into some things and some of you may not ever read the book. So I wanted to give a real quick summary of what some of the memorable lessons in the book. And the first one is obviously the title is the third door So if you don't mind, I'd like to share kind of his explanation of the third door. So our listeners really understand the journey that he went through and the big lesson that came from it. Um, So he says life, business and success is just like a nightclub. There are three ways to get in. There's the first door, the main entrance where people curve around the block, where 99% of people wait around hoping to get in. There's the second door, the VIP entrance, where the billionaire celebrities and the people born into it slip through. But what no one tells you is that there's always the third door. It's the entrance where you have to jump out of line, run down the alley, bang on the door a hundred couple times, crack open the window, sneak through the kitchen. There's always a way. Whether it's how Bill Gates sold his first piece of software or how Steven Spielberg became the first, became the youngest studio director in Hollywood history, they all took the third door. And so that's really the opening of the book. The book is so much more than that. But I think many times we don't realize that there's three different ways to get in. Yeah, I love it. I had chills listening to it because that message has stuck with me for so many years. And I always remind myself, like, what's the third door in this situation, especially when it really does feel like you're just running up against a brick wall and you're like, I can't find the door. It's like, exactly. That's the point, right? That's what everyone goes through. So I love that so much. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I've learned in business, and I don't know if you've had this experience and also just trying to achieve a goal, there are very few things 
that you want to do that somebody else hasn't already done. I mean, Mm. unless you're trying to invent something new, but in general, people have written a book, people have started a business, people have, and on and on. And the real key to breaking through getting those goals started when you're not sure what to do really is in the power of connections. And that's the tie to the third door, like getting in that nightclub is really about making connections to other people to help you achieve your goals. Yeah. And I love that you bring this up because I think probably a lot of people listening who are ambitious are feeling like, well, I don't have any connections. Cause I know that's how I felt in the beginning. I felt similar to Alex in a lot of ways, you know, pursuing my goals and feeling like, well, who do I know? And how the heck am I going to like meet these people and do these things I want to do. And what I think is so cool about the book and his story is that you can see the way he makes one connection after another, which leads to another. And it all started from nothing. It all started from literally his college dorm room. It all started from being like, I don't want to be a med school student. So I just think it's so cool because for anyone listening, first of all, if you, I think you should read the book, if you're listening and you're like, man, I don't have any connections. I don't know how to make those connections. Like just watch it unfold for someone else. Someone who, like you said earlier, doesn't have, didn't have that network, didn't have, you know, parents who could just introduce him to people. It really, truly was like win money to get this journey. I don't have money. (laughs) So he literally went and won it on a game show. Yeah. Like And each connection he made led to another. And that's something like, I know I personally leverage today. I mean, being a podcast host, it's like you land one guest who maybe can introduce you to someone else, or you can leverage that connection, or you meet one person who introduces you to someone else who opens up a big door in your business. And it's just one connection at a time. And I think that's a huge message of the book that um, I think everyone can really relate to. Yeah. And he talks about this concept of borrowed credibility where you don't really need to have it all figured out or you don't really need to prove your way in. You can borrow other people's credibility either through their network or their connections. And I just love that concept. I had never heard of the term borrowed credibility, but in reality, I think about it all the time. There's also another point in the book where one of the mentors mentioned about asking where he had asked him to be a mentor. And what Alex didn't know is that that mentor who became his mentor had actually set a goal a couple of weeks prior to mentor somebody else. And so he's like, you never know what that person has on their heart or their mind or a goal. And unless you ask, you're not going to be able to borrow the credibility or create that uh, connection. Yeah, I love that. I'm curious, like, have you had any experiences where you feel like you borrowed credibility and it really helped you without knowing that term, obviously, until you, yeah, yeah. but that's kind of how I felt like I didn't know the term, but then when I heard it, I was like, Oh, I've done that not on purpose or maybe kind of on purpose, but it's worked out. Yeah. I think it's really happened for me, like things that I've been asked to be a part of or, you know, organizations that I've worked for or worked with as a consultant where they had a really good, you know, reputation in the field or where I worked. And then as I've introduced myself to people 
people have said, oh, I didn't realize you worked on that project. Mm -hmm. My colleague who is very well known for this. And I mean, I didn't know I was borrowing credibility at the time, but those were the doors in. And I think that's really what has been really cool is that I didn't know that that was going to be the spark, but that became the connection. Yeah. I think it's really cool how you usually don't know when you're in it. Like when you wake up one day and you're like, this could be the day that I meet the person that sparks this and everything unfolds, whatever your big goal is that you're chasing. It's like, you don't know it's going to be that day. Like I remember one day I had no idea. It was just an ordinary day. And one of my friends from my network that I built as I was building my business, we just had like a catch up call. You know, we would do this like every once in a while, like, how are things going for you? What's new? How are things going for you? And I told him like, yeah, like things are good, but I really want to expand my speaking to like a whole nother ball game. Like I want to like really up level. And he's like, oh, that's weird. You mentioned that. And this gets back to your next point. Yeah. You don't know what is on someone else's heart or just in their radar even. And he said, my best friend recently told me that his speaking manager is like expanding her business and taking on more clients. Like maybe I can introduce you. Yeah. And it's just so weird how that introduction changed so much for me and opened so many doors from one conversation with one friend because he had a conversation with his friend. And it's like all of these dots connecting mm-hmm. and you just never know that it's it's going to be that day or it's going to be that conversation or it's going to be that organization or that project or whatever it was, sometimes you don't even see it till after it's like with the organization, you worked on a certain project. It didn't even occur to you that it was a connection. Like, uh, my, my, um, first book that I told you about, that was about my eating disorder. I worked with a dietitian when I was in college and she really helped me heal Mm -hmm. my eating disorder. I quoted her in the book. I stayed in touch with her for years because she changed my entire life. And, uh, a few months ago I saw she was on good morning, Washington. And I'm like, man, I'd love to be on Good Morning Washington. So I asked her about it and boom, made a connection. And I would have never thought back when I was 18, Mm -hmm. seeing this dietitian because I was really struggling and needed help that she was going to introduce me to someone who was going to help me land a TV interview. So it's just so funny because when you're in it, you don't know, but it's like all of the dots are adding up, which makes every day really special because any day could be like a new special dot. Yeah. You know, what's really interesting that you bring up connecting the dots and he quotes Steve jobs in the book. And he says, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to somehow trust that they'll connect in your future. And I think that's so, so relatable to what you just shared, because many times I don't know why I've met people or why they've come into my life. But then in the future, I realize, oh, I was supposed to meet that person for this exact moment. Yeah, it's so powerful. I love that quote. And it's something that I think we all need to be reminded of almost daily, because sometimes you're like, why am I doing this? Or why am I here? And questioning everything. I think that's maybe an entrepreneur thing. It's like question everything. But it's like, well, you don't have to know. Sometimes you just have to trust. Yeah. The other thing that really resonates with me with what you just shared is, um, have you ever read the book, the tipping point? Yes. Yes. 
Yeah. And he talks about that in this book too. And he talks about how he really wanted to know, like, what do I need to do to make this tip so that I can get my interviews and and get this project off the ground? And his mentor, I believe it was Elliot, shared a tipping point only appears in hindsight. And Mm -hmm. I just thought that was really deep. Yeah. That is so deep. And so funny because you really do think that you will know you're in it. Yeah. Do you feel like you've had tipping points in your life and career, like major ones so far? Oh yeah. I mean, I had, everybody always asks me, I work on a lot of projects because I'm a consultant rather than a coach. Yeah. So I think one of the things that I learned really early in my career, which actually became a tipping point was that I am very good at looking at seemingly impossible problems from like a, I don't know because I just do it naturally. So it's hard to describe, but from looking at it from a different view, even if I have no knowledge of the industry and just seeing the solution, Mm. um, it's very weird. I've done it in a couple of different scenarios and I think that's been a tipping. Well, I know that's been a tipping point for my career because people have asked me to do things. For example, once I was working at a college and my boss came in my office and I was in operations and he was like, uh, we're going to make you the next director of financial aid. And I just looked at him. I was like, um, I don't know anything about financial aid. (laughs) And he's like, you're the perfect person for the job. Go figure out what the problem is. And that has become, you know, so figuring that out early that I'm really good at that and then capitalizing on it became the tipping point. And I went over there and figured out what was going on really quickly just by observing and asking really good questions. And I didn't realize that at the time, like, yeah. And I I didn't really have an opportunity to say no to that. So he just kind of was like, move your office, you're going, you're the perfect person. And in hindsight, had I really thought about it, I probably would have said no, because I would have been afraid to fail or all the things. And just knowing that I'm really good at figuring out complex problems has helped me in my career. I love that. I love that it was these small, seemingly small moments. I mean, at the time it probably felt huge that you had to do an entirely new job, but looking back, it's probably like one little blip of the story. Right. But then they all connected and came together and led to the tipping point. And what I also love about that is I hear some sort of divine, you were supposed to be doing that role. So you could have that realization. Yeah. And if your boss hadn't come in and said, this is the way it is, you might not have been there. And that's something I see in the journey of pretty much everyone who does anything worthwhile is like that magic. And I definitely saw that in the third door. And I see that in my world. And I just think it's a really um, cool part of this story to bring up. Yeah. Have you had a tipping point in your career? Mm, Yes. And I think I knew a little bit that I was in it, which is funny because maybe it's contradicting a little bit. Mm -hmm. 
I think sometimes when we make a major change, something that's like really big and nothing is working, nothing is working, nothing is working. It's like the beginning of the story when you're kind of just like throwing a bunch of spaghetti at the wall and nothing sticks. And it's like when something sticks, maybe you don't know it's a tipping point, but you know you've made the right turn and you know you're on the right road and you should probably stay on this road rather than trying to go a different route. And that's what happened for me. I was saying earlier how I had pursued like two business ideas. They both failed. I was at this really rock bottom. Seriously, the time that I was reading Third Door and um, through many books I was reading, I came across this concept of what is working. Mm -hmm. And that was really profound for me because I had only been looking at all of the things leading up till that tipping point to nothing was working. And long story short, when I looked back and I started to really reflect on what was working, I realized that I was really good at speaking. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, maybe I can actually like do this and get paid for this. And how does this industry work? And so I started just really quickly putting myself out there for anything I could find. And for me, the tipping point was I started getting booked a lot really fast. And I went from making no revenue and feeling like a failure to traveling across the country, giving all these speeches. And it was very much one of those overnight successes that took years of building to get there. And I feel like what's funny is we have like multiple of those in our career. So now I feel like I'm kind of like on the cusp of, it was like, I had that. And then they like stabilize it. And then like, what's the next level? And I feel like it's always a leap. It's always a jump. It's usually not just this like steady, at least in my experience. And I think that's the experience in the book too. And from what you've said, um, maybe some of your experience too. Yeah, I agree. And I think sometimes that leap, if I think of like a teeter totter, I think a lot of times like we go up and then like we come down and then all of a sudden we're like, all right, we're doing this. It's It's like we jump off and then of course it shoots up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's really interesting that these are the rules this mentor had, because I kind of feel like they're all over the place. So the first rule is no phone in meetings. Makes sense. Uh, The second one is act like you belong. And he shares that you can't be somebody's fan and friend at the same time. The next one, mystery makes history. And that really tied to the story that they were sharing. Um, This one, uh, if you break my trust, you're finished. And then the last one, adventures only happen to the adventurous. Yeah, I think it's really unique. Mm -hmm. Like you said, the blend of these roles together. And I think it just clearly shows like the journey of successful people and how it's not, I think there's this um, longing. And I think actually Alex had this in the book. And I think I had this when I started my career and maybe you can relate and maybe listeners can relate of like, what's the one thing and what's like, yeah. once I figure that out, like everything else is solved. But I think what these five rules show is that there's really not one thing. And there's like so many different uh, vast, um, I guess, priorities that help contribute to success. And I I think these rules show the values of that person. Mm -hmm. And I think we could all create our own five rules. 
and, uh, like have it be centered around our own values and then our own experiences specifically getting into them. I love the no phone. I'm like a huge advocate for, I hate when someone pulls out their phone and I'm talking to them unless they say like, Hey, do you mind my kids are calling and they're homesick, you know, like something clearly important, like no problem, but just like bring some awareness. I just feel like it's so respectful. Well, Um, and I think it's really about being present in the moment. You know, it's not, it's not just about picking up the phone and being rude. It's, it's missing out on those moments. And those, when, when you're having that interaction with somebody, those possible connection points and the, the feedback that you get both verbally and non-verbally. Absolutely. Yeah. It really takes away from your ability to be present. So yeah, I love that rule. I also love the second rule. Um, can you remind me of the exact wording, but about act, act like you belong. <laughs> yeah. I think that's so great because I know I've definitely been in rooms where you're just like, how did I get here? And do I, it's imposter syndrome that everyone yep. has it and it never goes away. I mean, no matter how many experiences you have, no matter how much success you create, imposter syndrome is something that our brains like to do to try to keep us in our comfort zone. So I love that one. It also brings in a little bit of manifestation in that kind of like the acting as if concept mm-hmm. is really like showing up as who you want to be. So I think that's really powerful. And I think the next rule, yeah. I'm going to jump in really quick yeah, before. Please. So I used to do um, development while well, I still do, but where I ask people for money. And so I've met, and I was a horse trainer. That's a whole other podcast, but I've met so many famous people and one of the things that they always used to say to me is that you treat us just like we're normal people. And then I went on with my friend, this ask to ask somebody for money. I was his guest. And he was like, please do not act like he is a celebrity. I'm like, oh, I've met all these famous people. We sit down and he was, I won't say his name because it's kind of embarrassing, but he was the most attractive person I've ever seen in my life. And I just sat there the whole time. Like I could not get out of my way. And I, hilarious. and the whole time I'm sitting there, like you have met this person, this person, this person, they are so amazing. How come you are acting like a fan? I didn't even get a word out the whole dinner. I don't think. But it goes back to, I was in my head, like, why am I here with this person? And I can't believe that I was able to be invited to this dinner. And really in hindsight, I would love to go back in time and just be act normal, but just realize that they're a normal person too. You know, they're not, you know, who they are in the movies or anything like that. And I lost what I had been known for before that just by sitting in front of somebody. So I think it's so important to be able to get out of your own way quickly. Yeah. So I'm curious what you think about the, you can't be a friend and a fan at the same time. Do you think that's true? Uh, Yeah, I kind of do. I think it's, I think it's hard when you've approached somebody as a fan to then bridge that gap. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I kind of think about this with clients. I mean, I know my clients aren't like fans, yeah. but it's like a different relationship when they, let's say they, you know, yeah, 
move on and we kind of become friends. It's like building a new relationship and a new identity. So I can imagine that that's really important. And I, I really love that message. I think it's a good reminder for everyone, especially podcasters, especially people who Mm -hmm. have careers where they inevitably will meet people who are famous. Yeah. I think it's also important now looking at it from the other side, because when I, when I was a horse trainer and now I'm a podcast host, people have approached me from a fan standpoint. Yeah. And I think it's really important to remember that and to honor that and, you know, to really, to really bring that um, down a little and make it comfortable for them. Because I think about that moment when I was sitting at dinner and they just talked amongst each other and like, I wasn't even there. And that could have been very different had the two of them really thought about like, oh, she's looking at me like I'm a fan, like I'm her, (laughs) she's a fan of mine. And how can I make this more comfortable for her? Cause I was uncomfortable the whole time. (laughs) Right. It's like thinking about how would you speak to a friend who is sitting at this table and hasn't gotten a word in yet? You would be like, what do you think? Yep. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So good. I love that. And then the next rule was mystery makes history. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about this one. I, I think it's interesting and, and for sure has a lot of proof through the stories, but it's not something I would say I live by. What do you think? Yeah, this is what they go on to say. Um, He says, speaking of the rules, number three, mystery makes history. When you're doing cool shit, don't post pictures of it on Facebook. No one actually changing the world posts everything they do online. People need to keep guessing what you're up to. And I thought this was really interesting because I was like, huh. Yeah, I think the whole social media thing is such a good conversation to have because there's two parts of it. There's like the, I want to inspire people. I have an Mm -hmm. audience and I want to be able to show up for that. And then there's the, I feel really complete that I don't need to show anyone. So I I see his side and I think the more success I create, the more I lean towards his side, actually. Like I think a version of me two, three years ago, that was so hungry to prove that I was doing things, wanted to show everything. Whereas now I'm more like, I don't need to show that. But then I remember, I mean, even little things like yesterday, I was like, oh, let me show like my morning journaling to inspire people like, Hey, take care of yourself today. Even though I don't really feel like I need to show anyone. Not that that's an awesome thing, Yeah, it changed my life to have that routine and habit. So I don't know. I feel like I go back and forth with that concept. Yeah. I think this is really hard because I think many times when we only show our highlight reel, people think things are impossible Mm -hmm. or we had, you know, luck or we had not hard work or every day is rosy. And So I just was really intrigued with this one because it was really centered around social media. And I mean, I think people need to see the highlight reel, but also what's going on in the day-to-day life. So anyway, I, I just, I, I'm not sure that's one of my rules, but yeah. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. I think it's great food for thought. And I think it's great to maybe 
incorporate at times where it feels aligned. And I think this is also just a great reminder of like mentors and books. You don't have to take every single person's rule as your own. I mean, I know when I was building my business, I would take like every business course and I used to just take whatever someone said and try it and do it. And then I learned the hard way that, oh, Mm -hmm. that doesn't really work for me or that's not my style. And I learned to not only in business, but also in personal development, put things through a filter of what works for me and what resonates with me and what resonates with me today might be different than what resonates with me three weeks from now, because I might have life experiences that shape that or different realizations, but I just try to live that way. And I think it's a good reminder for everyone. And I think it goes back to what you said at the beginning that these rules really display their values. Yeah. And everybody can have their own rules based on their values. And I think it would be good for people to create their own rules now that you say like that, say it like that, because it helps you know what to decide in a situation and know how to, like, if you had a rule that you act like you belong here or whatever the wording was, then you would just do it when you were in that meeting and it was just part of your DNA. So I think there's some value to that creating your own. Yeah. Uh, The next one was, if you break my trust, you are finished. I I think of like off with her head. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a believer in giving people a second chance. Personally, there are people in my life who have broken my trust and like, I'm really happy I gave them a second chance. So I, I think people can learn and grow and evolve if they want to. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also can understand how, if you're someone, you know, like a mentor that's taking your time and volunteering your time, like you don't, you don't really have time for second chances maybe. And you want to make that clear from the beginning. So I I also think there's, um, there needs some parameters around this because I think many times when people are breaking somebody's trust, they might not necessarily know they're doing that. Yeah. Or that it was a big deal. I have so many times I have friends tell me, I didn't think it was a big deal that I told so-and-so this. Well, it wasn't a big deal to you, but it was a big deal to me, yes. right? Mm-hmm. But I never communicated that it was a big deal and not and yeah. made it clear that I didn't want you repeating this, right? It's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've done that a couple of times where I've said, okay, I'm going to share this with you, but please don't share it with somebody else. Now, if they went and shared it, oh, we might be done. Yeah. But if I don't share that, how do they know? Because they may share those things every day. (laughs) That may be, that may be something they do. Yeah. And then the, and then the last rule was adventures only happen to the adventurous. And I love this one. Yeah. I think it's great. I think that, uh, people always look at other people's lives and they're like, man, like you always have like the most adventurous things, things like that only happen to you. You're so lucky. Right. And it's, it's just not true. You have to put yourself in the position to be open to those things and to create magic. So I definitely think, uh, it's a great reminder to live by. And I think you could replace adventures with almost anything like luck happens to people who think they're lucky or, you know, love happens to people who are open to love. And it's like, you have to put yourself in a position to receive that thing. So I think like absolutely great rule to live by. Yeah. And I think many times there's opportunities that come, come forward that we get into too much 
analysis by or paralysis by analysis where we miss out because we're not ready to take that leap or that jump or or we're not able to see ourselves doing it. Mm, yeah. And then we hold ourselves back and stand in our own way. Yeah. And I think even just the identity of like, I am adventurous, like I am willing yeah. to like throw myself in the fire and maybe remember that done is better than perfect sometimes and take risks, like to be able to identify with that will set you up for so much more. Yeah. I love it. All right. So really quickly, rapid fire style. How would you say this book impacted you? It gave me the inspiration to keep going on my journey and find what my third door was. Mm, I love it. Uh, same, same for me. It really helped me to, to think about who's the next person that can get me closer to my goal and who can I also reach back and bring forward who's trying mm-hmm. to do something as well. And I think that's really important to think about who's on their journey, just maybe a couple of chapters behind. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, all right. Next question. If you had the chance to ask the author of this book, one question, what would it be? Oh, so good. I think that I would ask Alex since writing the third door, because I've kind of followed his career a bit and mm-hmm. you know he, is this very in-demand speaker, travels quite often. It's been translated into so many different languages. And I I even saw recently he was um, doing free coaching during COVID just to mentor people and recommended this like three habit journaling exercise, all kinds of things. Um, So I'd be curious to know, has anything changed or do you have any new realizations about the journey of success now that you're looking at it from a different mountain? I'd be really curious, like what he has learned since then. Cause I think the book is so much about the journey to get there. And now he's been there for quite a while. And I think that's the next evolution that I would love to learn from him as I pursue that next evolution. Yeah. I, I actually am going to change my question to two questions. If I had the opportunity to sit down with Alex, I would ask him if somebody were to interview you, which question would you hope they asked and which question would you hope they wouldn't ask? Mm, So good. Yeah. All right. Last question. If you were to summarize the book in one sentence, how would you summarize it? Life is like a nightclub. There's the front (laughs) door where everyone goes in. There's the back door where the A-list celebrities and those who can get that secret back door entrance. And then there's the third door. And life is really about creating your own third door, sneaking through that window and uh, getting what you want, no matter how difficult it may be. Mm -hmm. I love it. And I would say... Places that seem closed to you always have a door. Mm. I love that. So good. I love it. I loved discussing this book with you, The Third Door, and 
Um, I'm really curious if somebody wanted to work with you or jump in and um, get your books or anything like that, how could they connect with you? Yeah, my website is JacquelineGallo.com and you can find me on Instagram at Jacqueline double underscore Gallo. Awesome. All right. And so you are focused on empowering women and on a mission to help women create the lives they love. So if you are looking to really jump into your life, please reach out to Jacqueline. Would love to see you connect and She is going to help you achieve your goals and so much more. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It was great having you and really diving into this book. I loved our discussion. Me too. Thanks so much for having me. It was so great learning about your journey as well. Yeah, I love it. All right, everyone get out there and crush your bold goals. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast, where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. So feel free to text the word goal to 480-530-5368. Again, 480-530-5368 and the word goal. And then tell me all about your goals and dreams. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.